0: Cam Stevens, the lead pastor at Eagle Ridge Lake Elsinore. Just want to welcome you again. Happy Mother's Day. But let's get into the Word of God this morning. So if you have your Bible, I'm going to have you open up to the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 1. And we're going to look at verses 5 through 7 this morning. And then we're going to jump into another verse. So if you want to put your finger into the book of Luke, chapter 10 as well, we'll be there later on, the second half of our our message. But again, 2 Timothy, chapter 1 verses 5 through 7. If you have your Bible, you can open up, or if you want to read along, it'll be up here on the screen. Let's read together, and then we'll, we'll jump into the message this morning. It says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, Which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self control. So here are some words that the Apostle Paul wrote to uh, his son in the Lord, Timothy. And we'll talk a little bit more about him. But but it's very interesting to note that in all the epistles and all of Paul's writings, here he mentions something very special about Timothy and his upbringing. He gives mention to a couple names that maybe you're understanding why we chose to, to look at this verse today and others in Luke chapter 10. But he says in verse 5, again, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and then in your mother Eunice, and I'm now, I'm sure, dwells in you as well. So Paul recognizes a sincere faith in Timothy. Sincere just simply means that it was pure, it was genuine, it was unassumed, it was not hypocritical in any way. So it really gives a lot of understanding of of who Timothy uh, was as a young man and his upbringing and everything else. But it also lets us know that that faith can be established in us in, in a lot of various ways. Ultimately, we understand that faith comes from God and and in God alone. It comes through His Word and the indwelling Holy Spirit in our life that that stretches us to understand and learn more about who He is as our Heavenly Father. But faith can also be modeled and and taught to us in various ways through the earthly examples that God has blessed us with. We see we, we get that through church. We get that through our family. We get that through education or maybe even more often than not through life's experiences, the ups and downs of life and the things that we go through that challenges and equips and builds our faith in who God is and what he has called us to do and what he will allow us to go through. But in Timothy's case, what Paul is recognizing is we're made aware of where he derived his faith from. Who modeled that faith for Timothy and his upbringing? Well, one, it was his grandmother, Lois, and his mom, Eunice. What a special mention in Scripture of these two women of faith who raised Timothy and modeled for him true faith. A heritage of faith, examples of Christ-honoring character. Now, it might question uh, or bring up a question for us. Well, where's his father? Where's, where's Timothy's dad? Why isn't he mentioned? Well, he actually is, but we have to go back to the book of Acts chapter 16. And in Acts 16 verse 1, as Paul was traveling and going about his missionary journeys, he comes to Derby and to a town called Lystra. And a disciple was there named Timothy. So in Acts 16, we're introduced to Timothy And it describes Timothy as the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer and, or says, but his dad or his father was Greek. Now, it's an interesting note to say that his mother was a a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his dad was a Greek or Gentile. So when we look at that phrasing of scripture and defining Timothy's family, the separation of the two would make us come to the conclusion that Timothy's dad was not a believer. If Paul didn't mention them together as believers, but separated them and specifically defined his father as a Greek, not in the same context of being a believer, we can assume or surmise that he wasn't a believer in Jesus Christ, but his mother and his grandmother most certainly were as we, as we read. So Timothy had that father figure in his life and that would become Paul. Paul, he would attach himself to Paul, and Paul, because of that sincere faith and, and what he saw in his upbringing and who he was, would take him under his wing and, and become a father figure of sorts to him. Timothy would travel with Paul on his missionary journeys, helping to preach the gospel to all the world and help establish the churches. And then Paul found so much faith and trust and leadership in Timothy, that Timothy would become one of the founding fathers of the early church in Ephesus, and would become a pastor of that church. And we read about that letter and that story in the book of First and Second Timothy. But back to what Paul recognized in, in Timothy and his upbringing and his faith because of his grandmother and his mother. He then goes on to say, because of that sincere faith, he says, fan that faith into flame, or excuse me, fan into flame the gift of God that, that has been given to you. So the foundation of faith that we saw come from Lois and Eunice and Timothy's upbringing, Paul is now saying you need to fan that flame. So what we see is you've been given a an understanding, a foundation and a heritage and examples of strong biblical faith and character and who to model after now Timothy, it's your responsibility to take that faith and make it your own. So that's kind of a word for all of us today, for moms, for dads, that the foundation and and the faith that we raise our children in, if we are in the church, we can't just assume or hope or cross our fingers that because we've had faith, our children are automatically going to have faith. That's just not the case. They have to take responsibility when they're of age, whenever that may be, for them personally, that we can then tell them, say, hey, you need to take your faith. Fan that faith. Fan that faith. Dive into Scripture. Memorize Scripture. Continue to attend church. Continue to seek the Lord in all that you do. That's what we need to understand. The faith of our children must rest in the grace of Christ alone, not just because we have faith, but it is something that we model and we live by. So there's some responsibility there as as parents. If we look in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 15, Paul writes to Timothy, "...but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed." knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So what is Paul saying again here? It's very clear of his upbringing. There's very clear that his grandma Lois and his mom Eunice raised him in the faith. They modeled that faith. They were consistently in the scriptures that they had available to had available to them at the time. So he's saying, remember that. Don't walk away from that. Now make that your own. So that constant access to modeled faith and hearing the scriptures from grandma and mom, but the encouragement is still there. In order for faith to be genuine in our children, faith needs to be genuine in us. And so that's a strong word for us as parents and and a lot of responsibility that we need to fan into flame, our own faith and continue to build our own faith so that our children see that and Lord willing grabs their heart and they continue to walk through the life that God has given them with that faith that has been modeled for them. So as a mom, how are you cultivating, how are you fanning into flame your faith? Is your faith sincere? Is your faith genuine? Your personal faith in Jesus Christ? As you navigate being a mom, as you navigate being a parent and a wife and, and taking on the, the weight of the responsibility that you have as a parent, how do you balance the love that you have for Jesus and the, the labor that you're called to do as a, as a mom, raising your children and, and working and, and, and taking all the responsibilities that you have? that balancing act that you have to go through. So so here's the encouragement. So now, if you would, turn over to the book of Luke and go back to the early New Testament and the third gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, chapter 10. And we're going to read a very quick story of this balancing act and, and what we can take away from it. In Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Here's what we read. Again, it'll be up on the screen here so you can follow along. Why are you are you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her, and so we see this balancing act come through in this story of Martha and Mary. You know, Jesus was entering this village and he comes into their house and visits them. And and all of a sudden, Martha is scrambling around to get everything done, taking care of, serving uh, Jesus and his disciples. and, And here her sister Mary is just planting herself at the feet of Jesus. But yet she gets a little upset and says, Jesus, tell my sister to help me. This is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be serving now. But Jesus has a very loving but yet strong word for her. So this labor of love that a mom carries, this faith that she needs to uh, build up, this this love for Jesus Christ that she knows is so important, and yet the labor of being a mom and all that she has to take on, the responsibilities that she has, what's going to take precedent for you as a mother and as a wife? Somebody by the name of Tellhard de Chardin. Now, I'm not French, so I don't have the accent to make that sound right. But this is what he says. He says, do not forget that the value of interest of life is not so much to do conspicuous things as to do ordinary things with the perception of their enormous value. Did you hear what he said? That we have to come to this understanding of we do a lot of just ordinary, mundane, routine things throughout our day, don't we? The laundry and cooking and cleaning and working and doing all the things that God has called you to do as a wife and as a mother. But yet, what is your perspective of those things that you're doing? Are they just ho-hum and then you busy yourself with all that and yet the weight of that is so large You've only left yourself so little time to sit at the feet of Jesus. Or, as somebody else said something similar, his name is Richard Foster, and he said this. He said, we segregate out a small corner of pious activities, and then we can make no spiritual sense out of the rest of our lives. He says, the scandal of Christianity in our day is the heresy of a 5% spirituality. He says, frankly, if we fail to sanctify the ordinary, I'll say that again. If we fail to sanctify, to make clean, to see the right way, the righteous living in the ordinary things. He says, we will be leaving God out of a large portion of who we are and what we do. All the seemingly mundane tasks of a mom, the, the ordinary, the routine, we need to start to see that. You need to start to see that in the light of sanctification, that what you get to do, what God has called you to do, the task, the monumental task of being a wife and a mother is not mundane. It's not just routine. It's not just things that you have to do on the daily basis that are just, eh. <laughs> Now, they are things you have to do. This is what God has called you to do. This is the labor of love that you have for your husband and your and your family and your children and and what needs to be done, but are you seeing the value of those things from a spiritual perspective of how you can worship God through those things? How you can how your children can see you And how you operate in the mundane, in the ordinary, and yet still see it as an opportunity to praise God because of what he's allowed you to participate in. Don't forget what Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So in the context of the story that we read of, of Martha and Mary, the idea is not to choose one or the other. Right? That's not the point of the story. It's not a matter of, okay, do I just need to be like Mary and forsake everything else or be like Martha and serve, 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 and then when I can, fit Jesus into the rest of my day or what I have left of my day. Like the video that we saw at the very beginning, that mom was being pulled in all these different directions and she wanted to just sit down at the feet of Jesus and 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 bring Scripture in and yet she's called to make breakfast and pack those lunches or and when the child forgets the lunch to put her Bible down and get up and go bring him lunch and, and take care of the baby and, and clean up and do laundry and, and pick up the kids from school and on and on and on it goes. And so where does she find her time to sit at the feet of Jesus when everybody else is conked out <laughs> asleep? She gets to be in her word and, and have that moment. But yet the encouragement there was to look back on the entire day and see Jesus in all those things that she got to do. So rather, do not allow, okay, so not choosing one or the other like Mary or Martha, but rather, do not allow the distractions of what you have to do, your labor, interfere with your love for Jesus Christ. You can bring them together. So Mary felt it necessary to sit at the feet of Jesus. Martha felt it necessary to labor or to serve the Lord and his disciples. Mary sat to be filled with the things of God so that could uh, uh, equip her to go and serve later on from a a heart that has been filled with the things of God. Martha hurried about serving, hoping that she could then sit and have her spiritual quiet time with the Lord. But Mary just wanted to receive from the Lord first. Martha wanted Jesus to adhere to her request. Jesus, don't you see all that I'm doing? Tell her to help me or tell them to help me or just grant my request of of the help that I need. But Jesus is, you know, then just lovingly lets her know that the good portion is to sit with me, find peace in Jesus. So he didn't condemn her necessarily. He just encouraged her to say, hey, your sister has just chosen the good portion and that's what I want for you as well. So rather she chose a path that sought satisfaction from her labor as opposed to satisfaction from her love for God first that would then serve as a catalyst to all that she has to do otherwise. So another quote from William Barclay, he says, "...few things are as damaging to the Christian life as trying to work for Christ without taking time to commune with Christ." We get so caught up in the busyness of mom duties and children and tasks and everything else that, again, we might check that box off early in the morning and then go throughout the rest of our day without the consideration of him in those things. So we need to bring him in to those sanctified tasks that you're blessed to participate in. So as a mother with the world of responsibility on your shoulders, you cannot neglect your first love. Listen carefully. The quantity of your love, the amount of your love, respect, and service to your family will never outweigh the quality of time that you spend with Jesus. The quantity, the amount of what you do will never outweigh or take the place of the quality time that you need to spend with Jesus. There may be some that are not mothers. Now you're listening to this and you're not necessarily a mom. You, you haven't given birth to your own children or maybe you don't have that capability or ability to do so. You, I'm not counting you out in this conversation. You are still involved because God is going to bring people into your life, into your sphere of influence that you can bless and encourage and help equip and model for them. We saw a couple of those examples of, of young women that have been uh, uh, Help to raise and encourage in their faith because of some of you who may not necessarily be their mom, but have had a tremendous impact on their life as that mother figure that they needed. So, what is the greatest thing that you can pass on to your children, grandchildren, stepchildren, or again, young people in your sphere of influence, based on on what it is that you do? That's again, that genuine, sincere, deep rooted faith in Jesus Christ grounded in the word of God. Let me leave you with a couple, couple scriptures. One Matthew chapter six, verses 25 through 26 says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, stress, pressure, worry, fear, whatever is causing that anxiety, the the labor, all the things that you've got to do and get done and go, 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 go. Jesus is saying, do not be anxious about your life what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body or what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Saying, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And in Matthew 6, verse 33, a little bit later, one that we refer to a lot here at Eagle Ridge Lake Elsinore, seek first the kingdom of God in all his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you again. Seek first, see God, see him at the center of everything that you do. So you're not laboring to then find some time to love God later, or you're not loving him a little in the morning so you can labor throughout the day, but you're finding him at the center of everything that you do. He is emanating from your life and all of that. And then one more in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 35. I think this is so powerful. Again, Paul speaking to the church at Corinth, he says, I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint on you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided attention, excuse me, or devotion to the Lord. He says, don't lay any restraint upon yourself, but to find yourself in a position where you can give undivided attention, undivided devotion, undivided love to who God is throughout your day in all that you do as a wife and as a mother in what God calls you to do. So really quick, husbands, I hope you haven't been plugging your ears because you're still involved in this. So how can you... Come alongside of your wife. Come alongside of this this blessing in your life and help to encourage her in all these things. Listen up. You play a very important role to help your wife understand her value in Jesus. So you need to encourage her. You need to love her. And then maybe at times when necessary is help slow her down a little bit. Help her find that pause to spend that quality time. Pick up the mantle. Pick up the laundry basket. Pick up the toys so that she can go and sit at the feet of Jesus and just be filled up and pursue her relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the point of all this. Work together. Be unified together in that. Amen. Amen. I hope that was encouraging to you. Now... We have a very special opportunity to hear from this woman who I call my bride, my best friend, my life. God has blessed me with her. And so she's gonna come now, Jessica, and share a little bit with you from her heart.
1: I'm not here because I'm a mom. I'm not here because I happen to be married to the pastor. I'm here because I'm willing to be used by the Lord. Um, I ask every morning that the Lord use me. And that doesn't have to be in a big way where I'm holding a microphone (laughs) um, or not. Whatever way it is, I just ask him to use me. So I'm here to share some of my heart and allow the Lord to use some of my past. Every year on Mother's Day, uh, my heart always hurts a little. For my friends who don't bear the title of mom, Everything in me never wants any of you to be forgotten or looked past. I love every woman so much. So many, (laughs) sorry, so many who don't bear the title mom still hold a very special place in someone's heart. With many messages today going out geared mostly towards moms, I feel it's important to remind us all how special every lady is. Whether it's your mom, stepmom, aunt, sister, friend, teacher, mentor, they all dese- deserve to be acknowledged for the strength they have undoubtedly given to you in some of your hardest times. And I'm sure <laughs> you've also given so much of yourself to someone other than a person who calls you mom. To me, the title of auntie, sister, or friend, and countless other titles, holds just as much importance as mom. In fact, some of us have experienced such harsh or difficult childhoods that when we acknowledge somebody on Mother's Day, it's not the woman who's on our birth certificate or the woman we grew up around. Instead, we choose to acknowledge those women who stepped into our lives when our own mom stepped out or when our own mom simply didn't know how to be a mom to us. Remember not to allow your mind to get caught in the comparison game. Regardless of your past, we can't let our past define who we are or how the Lord can use us in someone else's life. Whether it be as a mom, stepmom, aunt, mentor, friend, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you grew up in a wonderful God-loving home with family surrounding you or if you'd rather forget the home you grew up in. Our value and worth comes from the Lord. And that is what we should use as a guide to help others. Because no matter who raised us or how we grew up, we all have room to grow and learn from from the Lord. An area I think a lot of us ladies have a hard time with growing in is asking for help. I know I definitely have a very hard time with that. But it is so important for us to be humble enough to seek the help, guidance, wisdom, advice from another Ladies, it's okay to ask. When someone in your life shares a hardship or seeks wisdom, it's okay if we don't have an immediate answer for them. On both sides of that relationship, mentor, mentee, mom, daughter, friend to friend, we need to realize it's okay, okay for there to be some silence or a pause after putting out there what we need help with. On both sides, it's okay for there to be a pause because in that pause is when we can hear from the Lord. Though a pause in conversation can be awkward, it's a great time to seek Him in prayer. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to work in those moments. In that pause, the mentor and friend can be praying and seeking the Lord and also praying for comfort for the friend who's asked for help. We can pray that the the Lord would speak to both hearts. For the mentee, the one who's asked for help, we can be praying and seeking the Lord for comfort and wisdom and also asking for a willing heart to hear from him. We've asked for help. We need to be willing to receive that help, even if it's not the help we're hoping for. Trust our Father will give you the words, whether it's a lot or just a little, even if it feels like nothing is coming in the moment. It could be minutes, hours, or even days later, when you feel the word, the Lord has given you a word, a scripture, something to share with the person who's seeking help or guidance, when you get that word, stop, share it, text it, take a few minutes to touch that other person's heart. Don't allow doubt to come in where the Lord put something on your heart. Allow God to use you and others' lives. You don't need to bear the title of mom or be a certain age a particular background, or even education to be a woman of value to another person. You just need to be willing to be used by our Father. So if you don't feel you have someone in your life or have had someone in your life that you could be in, um, a friend to, an encourager to, pray. Pray God would show you who needs you. Pray God would bring somebody into your life who needs you. If it's on the other, if the shoe's on the other foot and you need um, some guidance or somebody that you can reach out to, pray for that person. Pray God would show you who that is. Pray all this even if you don't feel qualified. Pray it especially if you don't feel qualified. Why? Because we all have a past, and we need to let God use what he has brought us through to help others. In his word, 2 Corinthians one four, it says, He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. All we have to do is be willing to be used, ladies. Just be willing. Be willing to be used. Be willing to be the answer to somebody else's prayer. You don't know who's out there praying and and desperately asking the Lord for someone to be put into their lives that they can reach out to someone they can rely on, someone they can come to in happy and hard and sad times.
0: Hey, so with that, we uh, can't do any more uh, to wish you a very happy Mother's Day. We pray you are encouraged. We pray you are blessed. And we pray that you find some time today just to get spoiled like crazy and uh, just have an absolutely blessed day. If the Lord leads and you want to worship Him with your giving, your offerings to Him, you can do so uh, to Eagle Ridge Lake Elsinore. You can do that through our app, uh, Very Secure Giving, and you can do that through our website as well. Uh, the information will be up on the screen for you. Uh, again, it's EagleRidgeLE.org, EagleRidgeLE.org, and you can give that way as well. Or uh, if you want to mail in your, your offering to the Lord, you can do that too. But we love you guys. We thank you for joining us this morning. And pray again that you've been blessed and encouraged in the Lord. Equipped, ready to just move forward. To be the mom, to be the wife that God has called you to be. No matter what. Pray with me. Father, we thank you so much for... This morning, we thank you, Father God, for the chance to just come together and get into your word. And, and Lord, uh, as you direct, as you decide, Father, what we each hear from this morning, whether we're a a mom or a dad or a child, it doesn't matter. This word is for everyone. Yes, it was directed to moms. But Father, I pray that your spirit would continue to move and equip the lives of everybody listening or that will listen to this message. Lord, that they hear your voice, your word, your encouragement, your love that knows no end, no bounds because of who they are and how you have made them to be and what you have called them to do. Lord, we love you and thank you for that opportunity. We pray all this in your son's holy and precious name. Amen.